the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Alrighty then. Hour number three now underway on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to Peter Kirsten out. Tremendous conversation. We had a really great interview filled with new information, I think, from uh, J.D. Vance. Senator Vance joined us in the first hour of the broadcast. So if you missed that, it's available to you right now at whkradio.com. But I highly recommend that you wait about another 45 minutes or so before you listen to it, because then you will miss the chat we're about to have with Steve Loomis. Steve Loomis is a Cleveland police detective. He is a former president of the Cleveland Police Patrolmen's Association, and he's an outspoken advocate of getting the police staffing level back to a manageable place to prevent uh, crime and protect the people of Cleveland. Uh, Steve Loomis, good to have you back on the program. How are you, sir? Uh, good to be here, Bob. Thank you very Steve, much for having me on. You got it. It's uh, There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about with you today, uh, Steve, and I guess we'll start right there. According to um, a recent report from the Public Safety Committee, um, we're talking now 424. That's the shortage of police officers under budgeted levels. Uh, that the city of Cleveland is operating under. I remember talking to you in the last couple of years when it was over 300. I'm thinking, how the hell are the people of this city, businesses in this city, visitors to the city, supposed to expect any kind of security when there are 300-some officers under budget? Now it's 424, and Steve, I know you track these things diligently. The trend is that it's going to continue to get worse. What can you tell us? Well, um you know, speaking as a citizen of uh, a resident of Cleveland, um, unfortunately, um, I had to take the day off for uh, today for uh, some medical tests that's going on with my wife. But mm-hmm. all that aside, it's it's a terrible situation. I think the four hundred, the number that you're saying is talking about a budget staffing level in Cleveland, as I read in the media, of one thousand six hundred. 42 people um 
that budgeted staffing level has been reduced um, this year to 1,450. So whatever those numbers turn out to be, um, it's still too many people short. Um, the, these guys and girls, God bless. Uh, here's, here's, here's what I have, Steve. Just to, and this is a, this is a, uh, a 19 News report. Um, yes. According to 19 News, they quote Cleveland Police Department as the d- budgeted staff is at 1,640 officers this year. Since January, it's lost another 128 and has only managed to hire 28. So compared to what they're budgeted, that's how they came up with this number of being down 424. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, again, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. The numbers aren't what's important. The fact is is that we are down significantly, and we're going to continue to go down significantly. There's uh, when you're hiring 28 people, when you're hiring classes of nine, and you're losing um, 15 to 25 people in a month um, of six months, uh, the academy six months. So, you know, you're losing 90 to 110 people in a in a six month academy, and you're hiring 29 in a year. Um, there's a problem there. You know, I'm not a smart guy, but I can do the math on that. And that's Bob. That's the way it's been um, for decades. Now, since the Mayor Jane Campbell got rid of 254 police officers in a single day in 2003, um, we've never had a a uh, a uh, um, a year where we've hired more people than we've lost. It's continuously gone down from that point, and we can't do any more with any less. These these guys and gals out here, and, they're, and I'm going to respectfully call them kids because I'm 30 years on this job, um, but they are killing themselves to try to keep the law-abiding citizens safe in this city and um, with absolutely no help. I don't want to hear from a city councilman, by the way. Um, I I read that article, and there was a lot of city councilmen talking about a lot of things, and they've known. I've sent them letters as the union president about these staffing levels and our concerns, and that's been for 15 years now. So they've known. I, I don't want to hear them throwing their hands up in the air going, oh, my God, how do we get to this state? They've known. Um, they haven't had the political will to address it with whatever mayor happens to be in office. So now we're stuck. Um, now we're stuck with depending on the state troopers to come in here, um, depending on the county sheriffs to come in here. And, we, and we'll take all the help we can get at this point because I live in this city and I'm raising my kids in this city. And, and, and I don't want to see it get any uh, go any further. The violent crime rates are, are crazy. We're on, we're on pace for a record year of homicides this year. Um, it, it seems to be just, the case every year. It, it, every year. So, so let, let, year. Me interrupt, so. let me interrupt for just a second because I understand you don't want to hear from the city council. They're not doing anything about it. What can be done about it? Given the fact that you just had, because I talked to you like two months ago about the academy class uh, and the fact that Carrie Howard essentially you know, uh, weeded out uh, a significant number of the people who passed the test and were ready to go, and then uh, took them out of you know out of uh, 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 the equation as far as you know joining joining the department and going into the academy for reasons that are sure. perhaps perhaps racially motivated based on some of the things that Carrie Howard has said in the past. But the point is, out of that class, only nine were actually sworn in, and then if I heard it correctly. Like half of those quit shortly thereafter. So you only added like four or five uh, officers. So my my question is, is aside from city council, aside from 
you know, all of the other things that are causing this problem of, of under-budgeting, let's say they did say, let's go do an active recruitment here and bring in a class of 50, 60 and grow this thing. You can't find the applicants, can you, that are qualified? Well, you could if, if it wasn't such a toxic work environment right now. Um, the, the clean police officers have been uh, at the bottom of the pay scale. Uh, toxic in just state. Cleveland, or, or are you talking about overall in America right now? Because No, I'm wait. talking, listen, Columbus doesn't have this problem. Okay. San Diego doesn't have this problem. Um, there, there are cities that are addressing it. Certainly every single one of the surrounding suburbs of, of Cleveland doesn't have this problem because our guys and gals are going there. Um, it, it's, it's, a to, it's a combination of a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a combination of not having faith in the administration to help us out uh, other than bringing in, you know, the National Guard or whatever the heck they're talking about. You know, you have to put a 1,000% of your uh, uh, efforts into recruitment and retention, period. You said 128 people have left this the department this year. Um, 71 of them have resigned. Bob, I, 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 I guarantee you in, in the first 25 years of my existence on this department we didn't have 71 71 people that resigned these kids are leaving they're leaving us and they're leaving for good reason because there's no light at the end of the tunnel you know um if there's a when we had the blackout every single Cleveland police officer that was on the job at that time went to the districts they didn't get called to the districts they went to the, the whatever district they worked at because they knew that this was a very dangerous situation and it was something that we needed to to do that's that's in that that's embedded in our DNA. Police officers everywhere. They went without question, um, and it was three days, and it was over. Right? There was a light at the end of that tunnel. The cops in New York, you know, during nine eleven, every single one of them went, and 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 a lot of them paid for it, you know, dearly paid for it. But they went. And when it was over, it was over. I don't know how long that was. Um, this situation, there is no over. This is guys being manda- mandatory overtime. Imagine being at work where, you know, being at work and a half hour before you leave, somebody says, hey, you got to stay for an, a, another shift. You know, as if the men and women of the police department don't have families, don't have dogs and cats that they care don't have other responsibilities, don't have the responsibilities that everybody else in the society has. You have to stay here and you have to like it. And they don't. So they're leaving. And and that's unfortunate. So in order to address this problem, they have to put a thousand percent attention into recruitment. And, uh, you know, I know they just bumped the pay up to $25. Well, thank God they did that because I made $8.50. This has been a problem that's been brewing in this city, administration to administration to administration. Now, now they're going to have to pay the piper, and they are paying the piper, and and the politicians are all, you know, they they, they may not tell you, but they are all every single one of them is worried about it um, politically because I see the people out in these neighborhoods. I see the people in my neighborhood. We have block meetings in that, and and these folks are absolutely livid about. And I'm talking about the law-abiding citizens, you know. Then we throw issue 24 into this mess and community police commissions that think they know how to police um, into this mess. And, you know, all the woke nonsense that's going on um, with regard to the false narrative against police officers 
And and it is an absolute recipe for disaster, and it is not going to get better. It will not get better until the administration in this city absolutely addresses that. And the only way that they can get these kids to stay is to to get the toxicity, the, the, the toxins out of the work yeah. environment that we have here um, with this consent decree. And where, by the way, where are the people in the consent decree? Where are the monitors that are making seven hundred and fifty dollars an hour? Bob, how are they not piping in to the well, staffing well, levels I'm, that we I'm have glad, right I'm now. glad you brought that up because I want to talk about that a little bit. <clears throat> and specifically, um, I want to talk about one of the uh, civilian police commissioners. She, she actually introduced herself as a commissioner. Now, I'm going to try to play a clip here for you, Steve. We're talking to Steve Loomis, who is talking to us today as a citizen of Cleveland, not, not specifically in his duties as a police officer and a former Patrolman's Association president. This was a, this was a story that was done by Fox 8 last week, and I became aware of it and tried to play it yesterday. Now, the audio, or excuse me, the video is a little bit glitchy at times here. Hopefully, we can make out what happened, but... This is a member of uh, the Citizen Cleveland Police Commission. Interfering is the best word I guess I can use here. Interfering with or obstructing, maybe is a stronger word, um, an arrest of a potentially violent suspect who was being arrested for domestic violence in Tremont. And and I want you to listen to what happened here, Steve, and then I want to get your reaction to it, because I think this okay. ties into the consent decree and the uh, oversight, if you will, of police by, by, um, by civilians. Listen. I'm not playing. I'm not going nowhere. Just take me. Uh, it's going to buffer again. Mark, Cleveland police watch a dangerous suspect. Uh, it's funny. I played this by myself just to see, because yesterday I tried to play it, in a, and it, it kept mm-hmm. doing that glitchy buffering thing. And then I played it by myself, and it played clean. So I go try to put it on the air again, and now it's going to buffer again. So uh, I'll just have to describe it for you. So this violent suspect is very loud, very enraged, screaming, I'm not playing, I'm not going nowhere, just take me on out. He's surrounded by police officers when up comes a person named Terry Wang, who is a citizen, a member of the Citizen Cleveland Police Commission. She starts recording and interfering with the officer, saying, I am a Cleveland Police Commissioner, and I want to make sure this man is okay. The officers ask her to get out of the way. Back up, please. Back up a little bit. You're taking our focus off of a violent offender. And she said, "Uh, there's just one guy that's irate. And the officer says, can you please back up? We're trying to de-escalate. She said, surrounding him with 10 officers is not really the best way to de-escalate. So, Steve, she's on the scene. This isn't, you know, the commission evaluating a complaint of excessive force or a complaint of anything and doing oversight of police, which is what the consent decree required and what this particular commission does. She's now going actively in the middle of the the events. And I watched that situation play out on on Fox 8. That was the clip I was trying to play, Steve. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. to myself, if he made a move toward her, talking about the violent uh, a su- suspect here, if he made a move toward her and the police officers would have had to shoot him to stop him from harming her or, or use other, you know, uh, le- uh, other force against him, that would have been on her, but the cops would have been the ones who paid the price. Um, she's interfering with an actual arrest. To me, it looks like she's obstructing a police, uh, an official police investigation, but I'm not a cop. You are. You have experience. How do you see that situation? Um, absolutely. I, I saw that. 
I saw that clip. Um, I got calls from several of the guys that were very upset up on scene because she actually put them in danger of they had that situation under control. Um, she should have been arrested for obstructing, period, amen. We have to be in charge of those situations. Now, she can pay for all she wants, and those guys just asked her to move away because it was upsetting the suspect in this case. He was telling her to move away um, in, in this case. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a city councilman. I don't care if you're a Cleveland police commissioner. I don't know even what that means. Um, but the last thing that we need is untrained civilians with agendas um, interfering in, in things that we're doing out on the street. There's not enough of us to do this. And those guys handled that um, very professionally. And the yeah. fact of the matter is, is that 10 police officers standing around him is absolutely de-escalating that situation. Absolutely. They weren't forcing him to do anything. They spent a lot of time, uh, uh, you know, over an hour sitting and, and talking to that guy and trying to get him to calm down. But there's 10 of them doing it. So the whole time he's thinking, what? Um, and if there was one or two of them, then maybe he's making a, a, a different choice and a worse choice. Exactly. There's yeah. Of them he's probably there. thinking, I can get through two of them, you know, and that puts yeah. everybody and in for, danger, including him. So you overwhelm yeah. him with force. Go ahead. Yeah. For her to intercede in that, um, being untrained, thinking that she knows something about police work and, and, and work stepping in the shoes of the men and women, the heroic men and women in this police department, um, and, and I mean that with every ounce of fiber in me, um, putting up with putting up with that situation. That's just a problem that they didn't need up there on that team. And she should have been removed from that situation immediately. Um, yeah, ultimately. completely agree. And 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 Steve, this to me, you know, I, I made the, uh, the the equation yesterday, equating it to you know somebody got a C in high school algebra, being in charge of evaluating a professor at the collegiate level teaching advanced calculus, uh, and, and, exactly. and and deciding uh, you know nothing about the subject, you know nothing about policing, Terry Wang. Why are you trying to tell these police officers how to do their jobs in the middle of uh, of the apprehension of a dangerous suspect? So. Steve Loomis, the reason I'm bringing it up, of course, is I want to know, is this going to be par for the course? Are there going to be other members of that ridiculous commission, the civilian commission, which is already predisposed to think police are doing it wrong, already predisposed into thinking police are out to do harm to people, to unarmed people, particularly to unarmed people of color? Is this going to be the way it's done now? Are they going to follow cops around to or, or listen for radio calls and then meet them on the scene to to evaluate them as they're doing their jobs? Yeah, well, if, if these monitors and the folks that, from the DOJ that are in charge of this consent decree don't start establishing guidelines and rules for this commission um, and what their job is. And, and I was on that commission as the union president um, when it first started. Now yeah. it's a, you know, now it's a paid gig and they have more authority. Um, then it wasn't. And it was the same thing. There was three police officers on it. In this case, there's one retired police officer on it, um, and uh, a bunch of civilians. Now there was a there was good people on there that were trying to do the right thing for the right reasons, but they got overshouted by the activists that were on there that had agendas, and um, they left because it was a volunteer thing. Um, you cannot have the inmates running the asylum. And that's exactly what this is. 
These are, if they want to, they want some credibility with the men and women of the police department out here, then take a couple weeks off of your busy activist life and, and ride a two week shift in a working zone car. I'm not talking about a, a, a car that's, you know, the commander handpicks somebody. I'm talking about put them in a working zone car, put them in three Barney 21 and, and have them work for a week straight to really understand what it is that the men and women of this police department go through every day. Yeah. And, there's a reason why there's sure. a reason why you can't recruit them. There's a reason why, and there's a reason and why the it. ones that you do recruit are leaving because of exactly the conditions you're talking about and the lack of support and the second guessing and the judgment and the evaluations of these individuals involved with this commission because of the consent decree. Steve, we're yeah, out of time then, here, uh, so I, so I won't be able to get throw to the this. pay in there too. You know, and then there's the pay it, too. It, yeah, 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 that's another element too. I understand. You can't do any more with any less, Bob, and and we're. Yeah way past that point in the city and they're not doing anything to address that issue oh you know well we, we're going to do 12-hour shifts what the heck is 12-hour shifts because it doesn't matter if these guys are working two-hour shifts or 12-hour shifts there's x amount of man hours and women hours worth of police work to do in a 24-hour period and there's x amount of folks to do it yep and that number is getting exponentially smaller Yep. While it's, the other number, the amount of work we have to do is going up. Um, it's, it's simple math. It, it is. There's nothing yeah. secret about it. There's nothing. It is common sense, and common sense has left the building uh, with this commission. And and you know, and I living in this city, raising my family in this city, that terrifies me. Yeah, because I see. No, I, I get it, Steve, on. and I appreciate your passion for it. But I've got to go here. Yeah, four hundred twenty-four okay. officers down, uh, and 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 those who are on the job are being subjected to treatment like this. It's unbelievable. By, by the Lewis, way, Bob, real quick, that's forty million dollars. That's a forty million dollar line item. Um, if they budgeted for that number, and we're four hundred short, that's forty million dollars that the city's saving yep. right there. Yep, and uh, and 40, it seems, no, it seems as though it's not important to them to put that money where it belongs, which is well, it goes safety, back so. into the general fund, and it's I know. not earmarked for anything. Not right, right, and that means they can so, do what so they the want with it. So public safety takes it. a back seat. Yep, Steve Loomis, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it, Steve. Yes, sir. All right, we'll uh, take a bottom of the hour news break, and we've got one more segment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.